Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with another wonderful guest this week. And as you know, we frequently discuss the Sovereign Self here. It's the name of our show. And today's guest works with the Sovereign Self, only she calls it the True Self. Tony Rebick is an alignment psychologist and has been since 2005. And she's the founder of True Self Psychology, an alignment and conscious awakening program aimed at guiding individuals to live a more centered life by reconditioning their unhealthy mind patterns, healing lingering pain bodies, and developing new healthy mind systems that align with their core being. The True Self Psychology has grown over the years into a philosophy, a true self way of good living, and this is now available online for those who seek wellness through reaching alignment. Tony is in the final stages of putting together her leading edge and innovative true self psychology coach training program aimed at professionals who are seeking to broaden their coaching skills. Welcome, Tony. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me over. So tell us a little bit about where you came from, Tony, where you started on your own personal journey, Mm -hmm. uh, and how did you start to evolve into what you've become today? Well, thank you. Thank you for for the uh, (laughs) introduction. Uh, Well, to be honest, um, my journey started extremely young. I I can honestly say that uh, one of my first memories is of me role-playing a scene um, when I was in pre-K, and um, the the teacher, the nanny, was scolding one of the children there. And I remember thinking, you know, what's it like to be scolded? What if I was being scolded? You know, uh, what if people, somebody was scolding me in front of everybody? So I was actually thinking of the different roles. And now I know back then I was developing empathy, but that's one of actually my earliest memories of uh, trying to understand why people were doing what they are doing and how would I feel and how would they feel? <laughs> so all this role playing. I, I love that. It's funny how your soul will put the things that are important to you like into focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of kids never go through that conscious pro- process, even when they're developing empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that you were able to sit there and say, huh, there are roles here. And how does that dynamic work? And how would I feel? And yeah, I must how, have been like four, three or four. Yeah, how 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 happened. does all this feel to, yeah. to try this on? It's like wow. <laughs> it was it was a, it was I was I, I remember feeling uh, sad for the boy being scolded, and I that, and I remember feeling uh, just being very curious about you know what was going on and why it was going on and how what it means that it was going on. Like all I remember all that was playing in my mind. And then all through life, I was always that that helper that even in school, uh, they called me mama in primary school. And later on, <laughs> I would have in teenage years, my friends would send me their friends, you know, if you know, you have a problem, I'll just go talk to Tony. That was the reputation. Yeah. So I just really enjoyed being there for others. And I felt for me, it just felt very natural still does uh, like mm-hmm. a second skin, like it's just 
part of my blood. <laughs> you yeah, know, so it's not something I think about. It's just something I am, someone I am. And um, so the journey of understanding other people, having empathy and connecting with others and myself was always just there. Yeah. And I just I think know. it developed with life experience, but it was always have, there. Mm -hmm. I have a curiosity question for you because sure. I run into this a lot and I, I know it has something to do with our way of being. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you share this experience, which is, I call it the, the grocery line revelation, right? You're hanging out someplace and somebody proceeds to like share their deepest, darkest secrets with you. Mm -hmm. And then they'll do that. And they'll, at the end, they'll go, wow, I don't even know why I told you that. I've never told anybody that. Does that happen to you too? Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the point I'm like, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> just, just I'm used to it. <laughs> or, or sometimes I'll have clients tell me, you know, okay, I, you know, they'll call for their spouse or for their child and say, well, you know, can you take on this client? I'll say, sure. And they'll say, you know, they have difficulties talking. I just laugh it off and say, don't worry. They'll talk. They'll talk. <laughs> it's you not know, a problem. <laughs> People often say, I don't know what it is. I'll just start talking to you. And I think a part of the core trait not only was empathy, but um, the ability to, to listen deeply, you know. And I didn't realize I was a deep listener until um, my late teens. I was listening to a friend of mine talk, and she just all of a sudden stopped. And she, she said, Tony, it's just the way you're looking at me. And I'm like, like, you looking what? She said, <laughs> nobody ever looks at me like that when they're listening. And I'm like, well... It's not normal that when you're listening, you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. And after that comment, I realized that it's true. Not, not everyone's a good listener or developed listener. And that's okay. By the way, we each have our own skills. But because for me, it was second nature, I just assumed a lot of people were like that. And that's not necessarily the case. And again, that's okay. We each have our own yeah, traits. Exactly. It's, it's just the water parts. that Tony <laughs> swims in, right? <laughs> That's it, you know? Yeah. And uh, so a lot of these innate traits were there way before. And then when I went to university, I actually put the word psychology to get into psychology, but I had never gotten paid to help anyone. So I actually scratched it off. And I got into international politics and said, I thought, well, what's the next best thing that I like? And I like journalism. I liked writing. So I said, well, let me go into journalism. At the time, I really liked uh, Christiane Amanpour oh, and yes. Diane Sawyer. So um, I watched them a lot. So I said, okay, well, that's the next best thing. So I went into that. I want to be an inter international journalist. And when I finished my uh, bachelor degree, I went into editing, actually translation and editing. And I just remember once sitting in a park bench one day and I just started sobbing because I was miserable. And mm. I said, this was, I made a mistake. And I uh, went home, I called my mom, we were talking and I told her, I said, I, I think I made a mistake that I, I said, I should have gone into psychology because I missed just being present there for other people. And when I would have these contractual works uh, translating, if I had a friend or somebody I knew that was in trouble or needed to talk to, that always took priority over the work I needed to do, even if I knew it, I would have to stay up all night. So I realized that I didn't choose my love. I chose yes. death. I chose something else. I loved writing, but uh, I love writing in psychology, you know, in mm -hmm. or in personal development or in conscious work. And so my mom said in that phone call, well, why don't you just go back to school? And I was 29 and she said, you know, w one day you'll be 35. You'll either be 35 with a degree or 35 without that degree, you know. Without so that. yeah, your choice, yeah. right? <laughs> you know? 
Well, it was this idea that you're going to you're going to be that age one day anyways, but how do you yeah. want to arrive there? Exactly. And I hung up and I just knew I was going back to school. And I ha I remember feeling this weight lift from me that I didn't even realize I was carrying. And it lifted and I just had this feeling of coming back home, like I was just going back where I belonged. And I did six and a half years of uh, other degrees, <laughs> so I have three and all. <laughs> and, um, but now it's 17 years that I do something that I love and I never feel like I'm working. I love what I do and I've developed the true self psychology system through that, working yeah. with you know thousands of people across the years. And it's home. It always feels like home to me. I never Absolutely. feel like I'm can I can I back you up a little bit? Sure. Because our our souls talk to us in different ways. And the emotions is one of the ways that the soul will talk to you, as well as like pains in the body and this kind of thing. So backing you up to that park bench mm -hmm. and going back to that moment, what were you feeling in your body as you were sobbing on that park bench? But what was your body telling you? I remember trying to convince myself that I had chosen at least the next best thing. Mm -hmm. you know? And it didn't seem to matter. Um, it, it just felt like I was not authentic, that I was not living the life I wanted or that would fit with me. Mm. Um, and it was, I was actually in a luxury kind of uh, office. I had high-end clients uh, to do their work. Uh, I was working contractually and it just didn't seem to matter you know the it yeah was, you had all the trappings of success you know it, it, to the outsider i looked very successful i was dressed every day in my suits and going to work and you know having my leather bag and all that but inside was just miserable and uh and i've that's what i felt when i decided to go back to school when i felt i was going home it just felt so right it just felt uh, very comfortable. I didn't like the idea of going back as a student because you knew you're leaving a career to go back to school, but I just felt like, okay, you know, I need to do this to get to where I want to go. And, yeah. and if I didn't make the decision, then these extra 17 years of being a psychologist would have never happened. I would have continued being miserable. So it is worth taking the time to do the extra studies or the extra qualifications in order for years later to do what you want. You yeah. know, to do what aligns and pleases you. Absolutely. And I, I love that you kind of had a plan and like a reasonable timetable for it. I know a lot of times we end up in, <clears throat> excuse me, we end up in these challenging places that are not fun. And there's this temptation to think in kind of a magical way that, well, maybe I can just wave a wand and be there tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, it's and a, I actually it's a have process. <laughs> well, I actually have clients sometimes that tell me they want to be a psychologist, but when they see it's ten years of studying, they prefer going to another branch that's five years or six years. And I sometimes tell them, "This is really what you want. The extra four years is worth a lifetime of difference that it's going to bring you." Yeah. You know, to think about, you know, sometimes it is a drive to be uh, stuck in certain trainings that last a long time, but you have to think about the long-term benefits, like what's it for you in the long-term? Because mm -hmm. if you're thinking short-term, you'll never make a decision uh, that'll please you in the long-term. Yeah, exactly. You'll always feel like you've compromised. Based. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I know how hard it is to make that decision to, okay, we're going to move back into this school mode that we thought we left 
<laughs> many years ago. My less money. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't get me going back. on that. Yeah, yeah. My husband went back for his uh, MBA five years ago, six years ago now, something like that. And it was a hard couple of years, but we also knew this is, this is what's required to break the cycle that he's in right now. So let's just suck it up and do it. So we did. <laughs> yeah, you do have an opportunity to get back on track if it doesn't feel right where you are, yeah. which was my case. It just didn't feel right. Exactly. And I what couldn't shake the feeling either. Like some yes. people, like you see that they could be very comfortable. I find there's two types of people. One that can really be comfortable doing what they're doing. They see it's a job and for them it's a paycheck and, you know, they're, they're, they have more passion to go at home to their family and kids and all that. And then there's other people that they have to do their passion. Uh, without it, they're just miserable. And I'm just one of these people that I just can't do everything or anything. I have to do what aligns with my core, with who I am, and everything about me. I I I'm, I um, uh, activate in my field. Like if I'm an empathetic person, so my job allows me that empathy. I'm a person who loves to listen. My job allows me to listen. I love speaking and learning and creating and, you know, which was designing this program allowed me to, I love helping. I love seeing people develop and grow and be themselves. It's just, it's very thrilling for me. So, uh, it, so my skills are really at my core, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. One thing that I've experienced, and I think perhaps it's not an uncommon experience, there are people who, who know I have a passion and it's this, and they can fill in the blank with what it is. Yep. Um, I'm one of these people who just knew that everything didn't fit. <laughs> I tried a lot of stuff in my career, mm -hmm. and some of it I was quite good at, but there were significant parts of everything that I did that did not fit. It's like there wasn't a, a career-shaped box that fit Sophia. <laughs> and so I ended up having to create my own thing. But what advice do you give people who know that what they're doing is not it? They've got that discomfort, but they don't know what the it is to jump to. Well, one of the things I, um, like in something you just sound like, because you didn't find you can fit in a box, you were able to create something from this, like this radio show and your practice and all that. And I felt that too, like the, my true self psychologist system doesn't exist and alignment, the, the word alignment is even new. But what mm -hmm. I found was in my, in my practice, when people were talking about their problems and they were talk to me about what was happening to them while I was observing what was happening within them. And mm -hmm. it, it kind of, it made me see that this person who is wonderful is not aligned with that wonderful self and they don't see it. They keep criticizing themselves. And so what would it be like if they stopped criticizing themselves? How would they be acting in life? Would they draw the same experience? And so that's where the idea of it started. And so to answer your question is, I think that um, knowing who you are, know thyself, and I say know thy true self, is primary to seeing, um, to connecting with your core. There's a, a class I give called Mind Your Goals, this idea of 
aligning your mind with your goals and your mind but your soul with your goals so you gotta love what you do well to love what you do or to care about what you do at the very least well it has to connect with who you are yeah. you know i'm not a techie person for example like if you put me in front of a if i did a computer job all day i would literally be miserable yeah. because it doesn't it doesn't activate it doesn't press the buttons inside of me of what i am my natural self and i think everybody not I think, I mean, I know everybody has a natural self and you just need to get to know who that self is. And then the question is, once you know thy true self is who I am uh, being active where I work, do I get to use my inner skills, not just computer skills or what you learned in schools? Those are just, you know, um, yeah, those are just extra tools. learnings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are the tools. But if you're a compassionate person, for example, match it with a job that has compassion, that involves compassion. If you're a more a rational person or a numbers person, well, then you have to match with that. If you're a person who is of justice, like you have these people, you can set their core, they're of justice. Well, maybe mm -hmm. you want to be a lawyer. So to connect who your traits are with the job requirements. Yeah. And I yeah. find that people don't do that. That's when they feel like they missed the boat, you know, like they feel yeah. like they're just doing a living rather than loving a job. Like they're waiting yeah. for that weekend. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I know at one point in my career, I was counting down the days to retirement. How long until I can leave this freaking job? <laughs> you know, like you often hear people say, do what you love. I say, do what, who, who you are. Yes. Set the job with who you are, and then you'll never feel like you're working. It'll be very easy. It'll be flow. Like if you're a communicator, then radio is really nice for you. It's really good for you. If you like reaching out to people, making a difference, you're aligned with your work, right? Yeah. So it feels good. It feels connected. And if you feel like it's inside, doesn't feel very good, then what you're doing doesn't align with your yeah, course. The alignment's not strong enough. I love that. We are up on our first break already. Already. <laughs> I know. No, isn't that something? If you are out there in listener land and joining us today, I would invite you to find your pen and paper, as I always do. And I would invite you to look at the places in your life where it pinches right now. Where does it not quite fit? Where is the spot in your life that rubs you? And it may be one isolated thing. It may be like everything. <laughs> <laughs> but do yourself the favor of identifying where those tight spots are and also identifying the spots that feel pretty good because even in these places where we're, oh my God, I think it's all wrong. There's usually a couple of things in there that are right to give those their due as well. Get to know yourself a little bit over the break and we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com, drop me a quick note and let me know. 
How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Welcome back from the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am still here with Tony Rebick. And we are discussing true self-psychology and alignment with your life and who you are. Um, And one of the things I love about your story is... You found your own alignment mm-hmm. before you Without started realizing. showing other people how to, mm-hmm. to find their alignment. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about how life started to shift and how you started to discover this philosophy of alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So as I started saying before, that uh, when I was working with clients uh, over the years, what I found was that people, you know, they talked about their relationship hassles, their problems at work, their, um, you know, traumatic upbringing. So they had different things that they were bringing to me, but patterns, like when you work with a lot of people, what happens is that patterns (laughs) start to emerge, behavior patterns start to emerge. And one of which was that, uh, what I noticed was that there were, you know, certain mind patterns that kept repeating. Um, you know, people would be very self-critical, would be perfectionistic, would be ruminating, would be comparing themselves. So these mind patterns just kept on repeating. And these are learned thought behaviors. It's not something yes. born with. So I noticed that. And the other thing I noticed was that I would, I have a, a in, at my core, I can see people's core pretty well. So I would see how this person is generous and kind or is thoughtful, is loving. And then the way they treated themselves or the way they allowed themselves to be treated didn't match who they were. And very often people didn't see who they were. Like I remember this one woman, um, she was a housewife and I would ask her, well, what do you do? She says, really nothing all day. And she was unhappy with herself. And I said, well, give me, well, what do you do? Like, um, and then she would say, well, nothing much, just, you know, I take care of the kids, I do their lunches, I bring them to school, I prepare for the lunch afterwards in the evening, um, I do some house chores, making sure everybody's okay, you know, I check up on them, I bring them to their, I drive them around, I bring them to their activities. And so she didn't see all the goodness she was, she didn't see yeah. that she was of service, she didn't see that she was kind, she didn't see that she was thoughtful and selfish, all these traits she didn't see. And at the end of that, she says, she looked at me, she said, like I said, nothing. 
Oh, God. God. Yeah. Well, and back to the patriarchy and the devaluation of (laughs) these sorts of activities. But that's an example of many where people just wouldn't see themselves. And so I realized that there was a core there that they were not observing. They were very unconscious about who they are. So I started slowly, um, started uh, explaining to people how the mind work, how I developed exercises to help people connect. Well, first of all, discover who their true self is. Uh, we identify the mind patterns. We also identify the pain bodies. The pain bodies is pain still stuck in the body. So you experience mm-hmm. some kind of a trauma. It could be a small trauma. Like people think that trauma necessarily has to be a, something big. Not necessarily. If you were bullied yeah. at school, if you were raised uh, um, by parents who were tough on you, or if you had fr- just a friend betray you, you know, all those little moments that you didn't let go of that you carry with you are pain still stuck in the body and they have a a life of its own they start to uh, create patterns in your life where you relive similar emotional experiences Mm -hmm. until you heal them so i would pick up there's that there's pain body patterns that there's negative mind uh, patterns uh, which i now call resistant patterns because there's also that behavior side and um and then there's the core self yeah. So the true self psychology, it really is about an alignment, which means let's heal those pain bodies, let's get rid of those negative mind patterns, so that you can align with who you really are. And yeah. I also saw that people didn't realize that um, they were really unconscious beings in a sense, not only they can see themselves, but when I started my practice 17 years ago, at the time, just 17 years ago, if I would ask somebody, well, what were you thinking at the time? I would often get answers like, well, I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking. thinking. I, I never, I, I don't know what I think. I just know what I feel, you know? Yeah. So people didn't even realize that they were thinking. Now mm-hmm. more and more, I don't hear that so much. People realize that they have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> just 17 years ago, and yet yeah. you have 50 to 80,000 a day. It's funny how those kind of realizations will shift and that sort of thing. Yeah, And and so I started educating people on how their minds worked. And when I did, I saw that it made a difference that what the big difference that it made was that people um, didn't blame themselves anymore. Uh, They started realizing, okay, this is not me. This is just a learned behavior. This is just a thought pattern. I picked up along the road, but it's not who I am. Who I am mm-hmm. is completely different. And when they realized that difference, it, it brought a lot of um, tears of joy in my own yeah. life. Many people had these cathartic moments because when people feel bad, they think it means I'm a bad person or something. Yes, or wrong. they're broken. Sure. Exactly. Broken. Yeah. You know, and that's not at all what it means. It just means you have pain bodies or mind constructs that are going against who you are. And when you mm-hmm. understand that that's what it is and that's all it is, and that there's a way to heal those and to reconstruct your mind patterns so you can recondition into healthier mind patterns and be a conscious thinker, which is what the true self psychology is about, then all of a sudden this feeling of solution, and that's just, it's not me. It's just yeah. a, I picked up some bad habits and some pain body <laughs> to remove so you know um yeah it became um, you know healing became a lot faster it's it's a wonderful thing when you discover the ways that you could start to shift that uh, mm-hmm. it was eight years ago or something like that i'd run into this idea that my inner critic was not actually me for yeah. many years i thought 
that my inner critic was me. And it shifted a lot of things for me to realize that that that's not my true identity, that inner critic. That's a bunch of stuff that I learned from my mother and habits. And you called them what thought, pat, negative thought patterns or resistive. Mm-hmm. Yep. I forget. <laughs> I forget resistive, the exact term. Yeah. Resistant thought patterns. Yeah. Patterns. And so I started interacting with that part of myself uh, and talking to it. And it's like, well, why, why do you beat me up like this? You know, why is this going on? And it shared with me that it was here to help me and keep me safe. And I'm, you know, I was rocked back on my heels for a little while with that because it's like, what are you talking about? You bruise the shit out of me. You hold me to the impossible standards. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that you're mistreating the heck out of me. And so I sat with that for a while and realized that it didn't know any better. It -hmm. had a good intention, but it didn't have good methods. Mm-hmm. And I started treating that part of myself more like an enthusiastic but untrained employee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I had a conversation with it that went something like, we're going to rewrite your job description. Mm, nice. Okay. nice. And your job is to make sure that Sophia is happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not just safe but happy as well. And so it matters how we get to this goal. And it, it made a big difference in the quality of what went on in my head. <laughs> and, and your self-perception, how you yeah. start to look at yourself. Absolutely. So that was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it's, this is uh, what, what you're describing is that observer effect when you realize that you know, you're not your thoughts and now I can observe my thoughts and have a conversation with it. So that it doesn't control me, like I am the controller. You know, I can control, but the 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 conscious mind is um, we're sleepwalkers. You know, we're very yeah. unconscious. So we have. That's what awakening is: is to realize that I am not the mind, and I can control my mind patterns, and I can, you know, choose the direction of my thoughts. I just have. To, it's like I compare it to a general, and you know, the army of minions. You mm-hmm. know, if the general is not uh, uh, directing, well, the army does what it's been told. To do, yeah, right, exactly. So, if you want to change how the army thinks, the general needs to stand up and start directing those minions, right? Yeah, exactly. What do you feel like is the role of emotions in our lives? I know I was raised with the idea that they're inconvenient, they get in the way, and if they don't align with the world around you, you should shove them down and pretend they don't <laughs> exist. <laughs> Yes, and then come to therapy 20 years later. Uh, yeah, exactly, with boxes and boxes of unprocessed crap, right? <laughs> um, I've changed my position on that, but let's hear yes, yours. <laughs> yes. I think that we are so misinformed on what emotions are, and emotions is everything. I, you know, there's not a moment in the day you're not feeling something. There's not a moment in the day you're not breathing. So I feel tired. I feel hungry. I feel upset. I feel in a rush. I feel I got to get going. I need to let go. Like all these feeling states are kind of like telling you something. So what emotions are, and this, it was very clear uh, eventually when I was working with clients, because even in, in school, I didn't learn what I'm about to say. Um, but it was really through experience and observation that whenever people treated themselves poorly, badly, they just had these negative emotions. Mm 
when they talked against what they wanted, they would feel bad. And conversely, if ever someone started liking who they are and speaking about themselves more favorably, they felt better. Mm -hmm. And when they would speak more favorably about what they wanted, uh, even just a little bit, all of a sudden energy came and emotions felt better. So I saw that emotion was really, you know, your relationship with yourself between a conscious and a subconscious mind. The more you, those two, people don't realize there's two in our heads, at least two. <laughs> <laughs> at least two, exactly. <laughs> a lot. But at least there's two. And these two, if they get along, it creates harmony. And that's what alignment is about. Like when you said you retrained your mind to be in your favor, to align with who you are, right? To support you, to care about you, to love you, to nourish you, as opposed to before it was very, very critical against you. And that was what was tearing you apart. And that's what's creating mm -hmm. negative emotion. So if we can see emotions as guides, as, you know, uh, uh, a guidance that when I feel bad, my thoughts are not aligned with who I am or what I want. Yes. If I feel good, my uh, thoughts are aligned with who I am and what I want. So to use emotions as guides, as opposed to feeling bad, very often we feel bad and we make ourselves feel worse. Feel bad for feeling bad. Exactly. <laughs> yes. like I kick myself for kicking myself, you know, so that you're not stopping the pattern, you're actually perpetuating it. <laughs> You know, um, and but to use it, you know, am I on track? Use emotions to say, is what I'm thinking about what I want on track? You yes. want a relationship, but you keep saying that love is going to elude me. You're going to feel bad. Why? Because it's what you want and you're talking yourself against it. Mm -hmm. um, but if you say, listen, I don't have love in my life right now, but you know what, I'm going to find someone, I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to relax into it, I'm just going to trust that someone's going to come into my life. In the meantime, I'm just going to get ready. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you feel better, right? Because those thoughts are aligned more with self care with aligned with who you are, and aligned with what you want. Yes, you know, so that's where the feeling states are. For me, I have this conversation periodically with women who have formerly been in relationships that were not good and are looking to get into a better relationship with a, a significant other down the road, um, you know, and we'll come around to, well, you know, what can you do in the meantime? And my suggestion is always develop a loving relationship with yourself. Uh, absolutely. It's the most important thing you can do yeah. to get ready for the next relationship. And I will occasionally get pushback from people. They're like, well, I should be just fine the way that I am. Well, and you are perfect as you are, but you're also telling me you're uncomfortable as you are, and you're not saying loving things about yourself. So there would seem to be some flags here. <laughs> well, what you're describing is somebody who doesn't understand the power of alignment and mm. the power of being centered because that person who leaves a toxic relationship and they don't improve on themselves will probably attract another toxic relationships we will that's how you attract that person in the first place so we tend to replete patterns that match who we are so uh, in the mode of my business is the better you feel the better life gets so yes. feel good now right and the reason is because when people would get better emotionally in my office and would feel better about themselves all of a sudden their lives got better, their relationship got better, or they would leave toxic relationship, or they would improve the job work, they would be attracting opportunities they've been waiting for. That was a byproduct of feeling good. Yes. Um, and we're taught 
it's the opposite. Let me get something on the outside to feel better. And then I'll feel better. I'll feel better when? I, I know yeah, I was it, raised it, it, to... temporary fix because you're <laughs> high when you... That newness yeah. makes you feel high. So it gives this illusion that it's really good. And then you wonder mm. why six months to a year from now, it's not working it's out. back well, in the basement again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are up on our second break already. Can you believe that? <laughs> when we come back, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Mm-hmm directly related to this. And I will ask the question, then we'll go to break, come back and get the answer. My question is this, okay, how do you shift out of that old mode where you're focused on the external stuff around you to make your insides feel good as opposed to working from the inside and allowing that to come out? It's, it's a shift that has to happen. I want to understand it after we return from the break. So hang with us and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am still with the amazing and wonderful Tony Rebick. And so just to remind everybody of what my question was, you know, I was raised with this story of you will, you know, grow up and find a career and get married and have kids and a house and a picket fence. And at that point, when you've achieved all these goals, you will be happy. Mm-hmm. How do we shift out of that sort of training into the more... I hate to use the word self-centered because it's loaded in a lot of ways, but to, to 
move forth from our sovereignty to select how we want to feel about ourselves and then bring that out into the world. Well, ironically, uh, when we're saying, okay, I'm going to have a relationship, I'm going to have a house and a family and a job, all that is meant to feel better in the first place. You want those stuff so that you can feel better. So the premise is, well, let's learn to feel better without those things. And people don't really, we realize it a little bit more now and it's coming out more and more, but life is really a reflection of us of who we are, because we are the ones who make our choices. So if I feel good, I always make better choices than if I don't feel good. If I feel good, for example, I have energy. I can go to the gym, I can get my to-do list done, I can call friends back, I can socialize, but the the worse I feel, the less energy I have. And yeah, I and the less off, capability you have to take on any and challenge. And also less brain power. Yeah. Like our brains don't work the same way. We now know that. If I put, you know, your brain under an MRI and you're feeling down versus when you're feeling upbeat, your brain is not active the same way. Your prefrontal cortex is not working uh, when you're feeling depressed, but it is when you're feeling happy. So that's a part of the brain. It's decision-making, analytic, memory, recall. This is why a lot of times when people feel bad, they have a hard time with their memory or their recall. Mm -hmm. yes. okay? So emotions and how we function is correlated. How we function is correlated with action, is correlated with results, is a correlation with attraction. Now, you know, we can talk about attraction in terms of law of attraction, but just simplified for those who don't believe, for example, is when you smile. If you mm -hmm. smile, just try it. Go out and smile more, and you're going to see more people will smile back. If you go out and you're, you know, don't even make eye contact, well, people are going to ignore you. Yes. You know, so there's a correlation there between what I put out and what I track back into my life. So um, the in, and by the way, <laughs> I tell everybody this it comes to my office. No one comes to see me in my office because of breakups, because of jobs, uh, because of, you know, money problems. They come to see me because they feel bad. Ultimately, yes. that's the reason they're not feeling good about themselves and what's happening to them. And emotions is like I said, when I would see people would feel better about themselves, all of a sudden they got better in terms of results around them. They took better action. They were stronger, they're more assertive to take certain actions. And um, they were putting boundaries where they needed to put boundaries. So decisions that were healthier for them. So the better mm -hmm. you feel, the better you make decisions healthier for you. And then you're attracting a different life than the life uh, you were attracting when you were not feeling good and allowing a lot of things that were not. Yeah, exactly. When life, you were right? playing the mother martyr role or whatever that was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm not good enough role kind of thing. Yeah. Or I'm supposed to tolerate. Um, a lot of people don't realize that the reason they accept things in their lives is, well, sometimes people say, well, I am a good person. How come I'm attracting this bad thing? Yes, you are a good person, but you're also tolerating. And that mm -hmm. tolerance allows things that you don't want into your life. So it has nothing to do with you being good. <laughs> you mm -hmm. being the attract the taker, you know, but your yeah. makes that person remain in your life. So uh, emotions is everything because it decides what we choose. And what we choose ah. presents our results. Very cool. Very cool. So how did you eventually come upon the, or design out the program that you have called True Self Psychology? Well, 
like I said, it, it it really was in my office where, and I was an avid learner, like first of all, a lot of street experience um, um, and also a lot of educational experience. So I had the best of both worlds. Plus I was an avid self-learner. So. <laughs> I feel you on that like a crazy, uh, you know, person <laughs> when it comes to um, understanding this, this, and it, I went, you know, from all the different fields, I studied quantum physics and personal development and, and success. And when you study success, you study business, a lot of businesses, yeah. mm-hmm. um, business books are uh, related to the psychology of success. And uh, Buddhism, and I studied psychology, uh, obviously, and so when you study a lot of branches, you get a bigger picture of what's going on. And I was fortunate to have, you know, a lot of clients. I had a very high success rate and referral rate. So I would amass a lot of clients. And I guess it's just that number of people I would see. And the, just like I said, the patterns would emerge. Like all of a sudden I would see more. Well, when people criticize themselves, they felt bad. And when they felt bad, it didn't make good choices. And when it didn't make good choices, um, you know, more negative things would happen. And conversely, uh, well, the better you felt, the better, you know, your choices, the more you attracted better things. So I, I, there's also logic to, uh, to the way I see things. So I really saw that emotions were very logical, you know, that it's not just whimsical. It's not, I feel. Yeah, it's, it's not random. Exactly. It's not <laughs> random, no. And, and uh, for your viewers, um, emotions are, are chemistry, you know, thoughts we now know are electrical impulses on our minds, and those electrical impulses tell your brain, uh, your hypothalamus, which chemistry to release in your body, so you get to feel what you think. So mm. if you're thinking of a vacation, you're releasing, you know, all these feel yeah, all the relaxing, oh, yes, endorphins, <laughs> exactly. and yeah. And then if you're thinking of, you know, something that that bad that happened to you, all of a sudden you feel this resistance in your body and get crisp and anger and all that different set of their neuro neuropeptides. Right. So, yeah, and if you're telling yourself ugly stories about tomorrow, you're not going to want to get out of bed in the morning. No, you don't have the, yeah. you, you're convincing yourself out of it, actually, because the only moment that exists is now. So if right now I think about what's happening tomorrow, it's not happening tomorrow. It's happening right now, what I think of tomorrow. So those neuropeptides and all those uh, uh, neurotransmitters neuro, um, are being released in the moment that I'm thinking about what can happen tomorrow. So it's a projected image, right? Into Mm -hmm. my imagination. No different, by the way, than looking at a movie. If you're looking at a movie and it scares you, well, that's the same thing as you thinking in your imagination something you don't want to happen tomorrow. You know, your body's reacting to the same way. So it's all chemistry in your body telling you what you're thinking. Mm. We're just not, we're, we're, this is why I teach because I saw that people didn't understand that. And uh, I started teaching individuals, then I started doing classes. So I've been doing classes now, you know, probably about 12, 13 years. And now we're going online. We started online, but I was doing it live since last September. And now we're designing it so that it's recorded and people don't have to wait for the live version. Um, And that's going to be coming out within a month now. Nice. So, and the idea, because somebody, we have to be teaching this stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. and just keep it to ourselves. And we have to teach it. And I noticed that when people understood that it was just mechanics, there's laws behind it, there's universal principles behind it, they didn't feel lost. They didn't feel random. They didn't feel like they were yeah. a mistake or they're creating it. And they understood. Or that they, they had to wait for some random whatever to decide they were all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That it was, and that it was a lot self-inflicted. So what does that mean? That means it's also self-empowered if you just change it around, right? Yeah. Well, and that was something I wanted to ask you about. There, there are two things I run into um, fairly commonly with people. And one is the concept that if you have the responsibility for something that's going on in, in your life, it means that no one should have any compassion for you and you're blaming the victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then let's talk about what empowerment actually is. But first respond to that, the first yep. one. Um, I love responsibility because responsibility broken down means ability to respond, ability to act. That's really what it means. And it does not mean blame or fault at all. Um, And people should really remove that from their vocabulary. I don't even care what happened. If you are in the blame game, you're stuck where you are. But if you are, no matter if you are 99% not responsible, but you're 1% responsible, work on that 1% because it changes that 99%. That's where your Mm -hmm. power is. So responsibility is being able to uh, do something about what needs to get done. That's what it is. And if you're pointing the finger at someone else, then you're giving your power away. And I'm talking emotional power. If we we understand that emotion leads to action and leads to decisions and choices, then if I'm saying it's someone else, then where's my power to make a decision for myself other than to say it's you? Now I have to wait for you to change something Mm -hmm. in order for me to change something, right? So that's what this empowerment means. Uh But if you remove the blame game and just say, listen, I'm going to do my part to make things better, or I'm going to do something regardless. If you started this, I'm going to take the reins now to do something to change things around. That's empowerment. I'm doing something. Um, And that is so important to understand because it's also, uh, you know, self-control, self-mastery, that all of that falls into this idea that I'm going to do something regardless. It's very possible somebody started something, you know, a long time ago for you that now you're stuck with, you have to go to therapy for, that you're conditioned, like, I'm not saying- Right, or physical therapy or whatever it is, whatever the thing was. The wonderful (laughs) thing is that what starts a problem, what maintains it is two different things. Uh-huh. What starts it could be a long time ago. What maintains it is you not changing it. You yes. deciding to carry it with you into the future, which is puts the responsibility, ability to respond on you. I love teaching so that you're empowered, so that you're stronger, so that you have control. But absolutely, 100%, yeah. it's you, 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 you. So on that note, I know you brought a gift with you. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to share with our listeners what the gift is? Well, uh, I, I've, I've put a little bit of booklet, a freebie booklet, where it's uh, the third session of this True Self Psychology program. And that's it, where you, the third session really does two things. One, it helps you understand who you are, your alignment, who you are at the core. And two, it helps identify the resistant mind patterns that are stopping yourself from being true right? Mm-hmm. And as much as I would love to be a, uh, a, a person that goes towards what I want, and I always tell people go towards what you want, you have to know what's stopping you, what's blocking you. Otherwise, it's it's like you're also, you're always trying to force something and you don't know what's in the way. Yes. Take the time to identify what's in the way, resolve it. And so what this booklet does, 
is identifying for your viewers 25 of the resistant patterns that I identified. There's uh, 16, 15 um, negative mind patterns and six behavior patterns, one of which, for example, is somebody who's righteous or somebody mm. who's, I mentioned before, tolerant. If you have a habit of tolerating, well, you're going to put up with a lot of things you don't want. Yeah, exactly. Not I, alone. I, I, I think I once ran righteous, but I've <laughs> given that up. This is not well, productive. Are, and I tell people, you can be 100% right, but you won't be happy. Yeah. You know? And if you want to control your emotions, you have to let go of being right, even though you think you are. You yeah. know, you have to be okay with other people having a different perception. So those 21 um, resistant mind patterns, it's a combination of thought patterns and behavior patterns together. So they're resistant. In other words, they stop you from being yourself. They, they cause resistance towards what you want. And so people can skim through that, learn a lot more also about getting to know thy true self and yeah. in identifying what negative mind patterns they actually have, they can see what actually stops them. They will know whether they work with me, with you or somebody, but find somebody that you can work with to get rid of those negative mind patterns. Because the minute you do, you have to understand um, your core is always there. Yeah. You are always yourself but you're stopping yourself. So when you remove those resistant mind patterns, um, when I do this exercise in my office and I ask people, well, if we remove this, what do you think would happen? And they always say, ah, oh, relief, or somebody mm -hmm. yesterday was doing this exercise, actually a 13 year old girl. <laughs> I, like, I like working with teens because you catch them young, you know? But I, my main is adults. Um, and she says, and she points to her core because we already identified many traits at her core. She pointed to her core. She says, well, I'll be more like her. Yes, you know, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're so have to think. So we, if you negative, we, we're running out of time here. I'm sold. Yes. So if you want to go out and uh, dip your toe into this, get her book. Yes. Uh, you're going to go to sovereignself.media. Sovereignself.media. Enter your name and your email. Actually, I think we eliminated name. You don't even have to tell me who you are. Just enter your email address <laughs> to get access to all of the guest tools. And Tony will be right up at the top. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank today, you so Tony. much. It was a uh, fabulous discussion. <laughs> we can go on and on. It's endless. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you to everyone out there who's joined us today. Um, I do this for you. I do this as a service to the world to bring more people into a gentler space around themselves and alignment with their path, with their journey. You don't have to do it alone. And so I'm so happy to have you with us. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 